Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ads Lyson. If you want 15% off your surfing and outdoor gear, look no further. Go to Northcore on the internet and use the code, capital letters, GS Podcast to receive 15% off your purchase. Also a quick shout out to the Polzef clothing company who are blazing the way with sustainable surf clothing here in the UK. Check them out on Instagram and on their webpage. The link will be in the podcast bio. On the podcast today, I have a surfing maths teacher from the northeast of England. She started surfing late whilst on holiday in Australia and she is now one of the UK's best female longboarders and charges in big waves. Please enjoy my conversation with surfing teacher... Emily Grimes. Emily Grimes, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely no problem whatsoever. A couple of questions for you. Have you been surfing today and what else have you done today? Um, I Yes, I have been surfing today. I am... Um, I went at first light, um, just, well, basically there was a good swell forecast for today and I would have liked to go somewhere an hour north. Um, however, I decided to do the responsible thing, not risk uh, <laughs> getting a thousand pound fine or losing my job um, and decided to stay local. And obviously because I'm socially responsible, um, just... Anyway, so I wasn't sure where to surf. I was just going to kind of uh, get in first light at the beach and then just kind of drive around the reefs a bit later. So I got in first light at the beach for like an hour. It was freezing, but it was pretty nice. And then I was working from home <laughs> through the day. Um, but that also involved driving between the reefs at regular intervals probably racked up quite a few miles on my car literally just driving within a five mile radius goose chasing and then I didn't end up getting back in until um about 3 30 after driving between all the spots going back to where I started back to the other end back to where I started and then I got in at the beach again because the roost just weren't really working um how was it it was really fun actually the the beach this morning was all right but I was just like overwhelmingly cold and I was thinking how good it was going to be later so like I wasn't really like enjoying that surf as much as I should have been although it was really good but I was just like thinking about how good it was going to be later which it wasn't and then by the time I got in later I just had chased my tail all day um and then I took my I took my long long board out which is like a nine six log heavy log and um, it, I thought it looked softer than it was, but it was actually like, it was barreling on the inside and it was it was pretty fun. It was like overhead and quite steep. And I got out and I was like, I'm probably not on the right board. Um, but then I just kind of decided to start trying to pull in on my log. And that's all I did for like two hours. Those, those <laughs> are the funny so sessions fun. though, right? It was so fun. Yeah, I actually loved it. So I'm pretty happy. Um, What's your quiver that you're rolling with at the moment? Um, I've got a nine six log that's from Boss down in um from Hugh and Port Levin. Um, so that's my longboard. I've got like an eight footer from him as well at VBM. Um, I'm surfing my longboard loads at the minute. I'm really into that, but I do kind of chop and change. And I've also got um an eight foot Northern Dawn mid-length, but that one's, it's really light. It's like epoxy, so I don't ride shortboards, um, but like, it's like my eight foot shortboard. So I surf that when it's a bit heavier. Um, yeah, so not that varied, but longboard and mid-length basically. I'm loving the fact that people are calling mini miles mid-lengths at the moment. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean it's a single fin. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's a mini mal, whatever. Yeah, um, it's also got a deck grip, mini mal with a deck grip. 
Oh, do you know what I've been? I've been contemplating deck grips. I've been looking at those, you know, the hex ones. That's what I've got on it. It's, oh, is it? it's actually really good. Is it? Like, it it looks awful because I've waxed it once. Right. Um. So I didn't like it without waxing at all. But yeah, I waxed it once, and the North Sea is like brown, and there's mm. just the boards get so minging straight away. I surfed it like once um at a particularly dirty spot and it's just my whole board which was white is now brown so it doesn't look very nice <laughs> but you never have to wax your board like i waxed it once and then i've never waxed it again which is good because i never have wax so it's pretty handy so, so is it a good recommendation or no yeah i would i would go for it especially if you don't care if your board's brown or you don't surf in the naughty um or if you're good enough to just not wax it. I feel like my foot placement isn't perfect every time, so I would like sometimes slip. Um, but someone who rips would probably be fine without wax. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. I like having wax on it. But, yeah, I would recommend it for sure. It's not the most aesthetic thing, I don't think, but um, it works. So. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people with the old... Um, you know the big strips of like deck grip they're like big yeah, yeah they're, they're massive but uh, there's a lot of people doing that especially lads not lads people <laughs> um doing airs and stuff They've yeah got big strips all the way the length of their board and i was looking at it the other day and a friend of mine actually um he he puts them on his board as well and i was like oh shall i get some or not hmm. i don't know is it a kooky thing to do i don't know <laughs> I don't, I, well i didn't i got the board off steve who who's northern dawn he shaped the board for himself and i just borrowed it and i liked it so much and i was like oh can i buy it so um it already had like the hexy hexy grip on it okay. and then the deck patch um so that was my first experience with it and I do like it. It's it's really handy. Oh, really? Do you yeah. ever, anyone that you go to with your boards for like shaping or anything, or do you just kind of one of those people that, you know, sees a board and goes, I'm going to give that a go? Um, I mean, I, I, when I first moved back to the UK, I got in touch with Josh Dimery, um, and he shaped my boards. For, so I rode his boards for about a year, but... Um, unfortunately he passed away last year um like this time last year so then after that i was riding hughes boards like boss surfboards and i still ride hughes now so generally i get them from hugh um but then yeah as i say i just rode one of steve's northern dawn and i really liked it so i bought that one from him um oh, nice. yeah i don't know just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> How are you finding the sea temperature these days? I, uh, I I went in a few weeks ago and it was it wasn't actually too bad, um, but then I went to the the wave just before this new lockdown mm -hmm. and I had a little t a little hole in the toe of my boot and it went straight up my big toe and up my calf and it was about two degrees in there too. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this is horrendous. I've heard the waves freezing. I've never, I've never been down, but yeah, because I was gonna say it's not, it's not as cold down your way as it is up our way. But then I suppose if you surf in the wave, it actually is colder. Uh, so I was gonna give you a bit of a north-south jib there for it not being cold where you are. But it, like, yeah, the wave is cold. Not that I've been, but two degrees is cold. And I heard that they had to break the ice on it the other day or something to surf it. I saw that somewhere. Yeah, don't tell me that. <laughs> so mental. Um, yeah, no, it's. I I was saying at the start of the like the winter season, I was like, it's so warm, like it's not getting cold this year, and I was not wearing boots or gloves for ages, like not putting my hood up, and all of a sudden it just got freezing. I don't know if you had any snow down your way, but it snowed up here quite a lot. Um, not at the beach, but um. My where my parents lived, like half an hour from the beach, there was loads of snow there, um, and up in like the Cheviots and the the Pennines, there's been loads of snow. So since that happened, it is like so cold. Um, 
But it's like the air temperature was minus five the other day. Oh, really? The coldest I've ever been in the water. Um, I thought I was going to get hypothermia numerous times. Um, <laughs> and I've got a hole in the knee of my wetsuit as well. They never last me very long at all. You need to get the neoprene stuff and just glue it together. I think you can get it like off Amazon or something for a fiver, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I do need to do that. Anyway, I probably won't. I'll just carry on freezing. But yeah. Or just invest in the decent suit every year. I do. I literally got this. I got this one in October and I don't know I don't know why they just don't last. Yeah, I've got really bad circulation, so I'm one of those blokes that has to wear boots five mil boots when it's like in spring or autumn oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely shocking I, yeah. in fact, I, I noticed it I noticed it the most I did a uh, a trip to Portugal a couple of years ago uh, and it was just it, it was sort of like late September early October after about 20 minutes my my three small like from my small toe inwards my three toes they just went numb and I was like what is going on I was like it's oh well yeah yeah you wouldn't last you wouldn't last up here like when uh i've got the luxury now of living next to the beach so i would mean, never had that until this year getting in the shower like straight after the surf which should be like the most amazing experience ever but i don't know if you've ever had it where you get in the shower when you've been so cold and then your feet go like all purple and like it's like they're gonna explode and they go really itchy i don't know what it is it's like the blood vessels bursting in your feet or something but yeah it's chill blinds because all the blood yeah. from your body when you get cold it gets sucked into my into your major organs and yeah. then when you come back and you get warm again yeah you just get that burning sensation oh my you? goodness it's like so painful it's yeah yeah so i've started showering on like one and, and then building my way up but yeah that's kind of a recurrent thing at the moment. Let's talk a little bit about you then. So, you know, where did you grow up and, and how did you get into surfing? Um, so I grew up near Newcastle, um, a place called Greenside. You you probably won't have heard of it unless you're from Gateshead. Um, but it's in Gateshead, not Newcastle, so south of the river. Um, so I... I didn't grow up in the water at all. Like it didn't even really go to the beach or bodyboard or anything. Like it didn't have that. Um, my uncle has always surfed weirdly, um, which is kind of a random thing, but my uncle's just really cool, does everything. He's like snowboards, rides motorbikes, surfs. Um, and I just didn't, I don't think I even really knew that he did surf, but he did. Um, it just wasn't a part of my life at all. Um, I grew up like obsessed with horses, so I just used to get dropped off at the at the stables and muck around with horses and covered in horse poo all day, um, and I was dead happy. So <laughs> that's what that's kind of what I did when I was a kid, um, and an older kid as well. So then when I finished school and uni, I um got a job well the first one I got was in America um at a camp summer camp and that was with horses and then after that I, just, I didn't really know what I wanted to do so I moved I just booked a flight to Australia as you do um and I got a job with horses again so I well I had two jobs the first one was in in Geelong which is near the the Great Ocean Road like near Melbourne um and I was at a farm there for six months and it was when I was there that I started surfing because I was like I, I was there for three months and then I decided to extend my stay but didn't really have like that many friends <laughs> or anything to do so and I got a car at the same time and because I, I was riding for work I didn't really want to ride on the weekend so I just well actually it was what what got me into it I don't I don't know I met I met a couple of people who surfed like in in Geelong and then I just ended up yeah buying a board and getting into it I didn't have any lessons or anything I just decided that I was gonna do it and I was absolutely terrible like shocking like shockingly bad like I can't believe what like what I did 
and just driving to the beach on my own, getting in and talking, like just the biggest kook ever. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, the people who go to the beach and they're like, oh, there's less beach today because the tides, like, there's a high tide. I was, I was literally like that. I was like, oh, there's not much beach today. Like, just absolutely no idea. Um, and my first board I bought, and it was like a combo deal. So I got a board and a wetsuit together, and it was a, it was a mini mile. It was a definite mini mile, not not a mid length. Um, and it had pink hibiscus flowers on it, and my wetsuit that came with it was like this '80s retro rip curl bright blue suit i'm like gutted that i don't have it anymore because yeah, i was actually... gonna say I'd lo- i love stuff like that it's yeah, so it was, cool it was really cool but i had no idea what i was doing and then um, actually that board ended up my friend ran ran that board over with my own own car eventually which was a good thing because it was it was terrible um yeah so that's kind of how i got into it i don't know how i carried on or how i eventually got better um, but at some point, <laughs> I started being able to actually lie on the board. I think standing up took about three months. Like it just wasn't like I was not good at all. Um, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't drown. So it, take, it takes a while though when when you learn to do something like that. If you've never, you know, I take it you never skateboarded or anything like that before. No, no. Yeah, so the proprioception levels, like in your body, and you, you know, you. Yeah if you've never really done anything like that before, you know, your motor neurons and your body and how your body reacts in those situations, mm-hmm. it probably took you a really long time for, you know, my, for your mind to make those pathways. Yeah. Yeah. And especially cause I didn't understand the ocean at all. Like it was like listening to, I remember listening to surfers talk and like it sounding like a foreign language. And then when I, when I talked to like, people who are just learning now or if I talk to people who don't surf about surfing and I just forget and then I'll start talking and then I'll just see that look and I'm like I know what that look is because I'm just talking like a language they don't understand but I teach like now as well teach surfing so um it's amazing when I teach other people I'm like why was I so pig-headed that I didn't think that I should have had a lesson. Like, why did I not just get a lesson? Because people get better so much faster if they have someone who tells them who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I I taught myself how to surf. And I think from a technical perspective now, when I look back at it, I have got so many bad habits that I'm trying to get rid of because if I had just had that lesson, like you were saying, it probably would have alleviated that a little bit. But because... (laughs) because I haven't, you know, I'm, I, I look at myself in pictures and videos and I just go, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> what do you look like? You look like a stiff board with your knees bent and stuff. And I hate <laughs> it. Yeah. No, no one likes videos of themselves unless you're really good. Yeah. I mean, that is the other thing though, isn't it? Mm. But at least, at least you weren't one of those people that I, when I, <laughs> when I used to tell people what, you know, I surfed when, because I started when I was 14. And I mean, I'm from the Midlands, so I'm from mm-hmm. Birmingham originally. So when I used to go back to school after I'd been on holiday or, you know, gone down to the coast when I could drive, I'd get people, I think that, no, I'll tell you a story. There's this one lad and he said that he was sponsored by Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Never even mentioned before that he'd surfed. And he was talking about getting barreled and he was saying really cringy things like I was in the green room and I was like, Oh God. You know, when you just want to like get a, get a little winch on the side of your neck and wind your head inside your body because it was mm-hmm. so awkward. At least you probably weren't like that person. No. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to go through that phase of being a teenager and there. Uh, but it's quite funny because a couple of the kids at school are getting into it, like the high school that I teach at. And um like, I know that they're just learning, but they'll come in and they'll tell me about how big it was and they surfed like a, a double overhead wave. And they'll just say, oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It pro- probably is double overhead for them. Probably. But no, because they're teenagers. They're like taller uh, than me. So, yeah. Yeah, fair yeah. What do you teach at school? Uh, I teach maths at high school. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's cool. Like, the school's really nice. Um, It's only like 10 minutes from the beach so um and it's quite a small school because it's just a high school 
Okay. Um, yeah, it's a really nice school. I'm not there at the minute. Well, because of COVID. Um, I'm just in once a week and then teaching lessons from home, which is a bit weird. Uh, how, how do you find that because I, I, I've got a couple of kids at home and uh, they've been doing a bit of homeschool I think this week was the first week that they've been doing that mm. um, I'd like to get your perspective on that you know how how is it for you to try and teach your pupils maths through zoom or whatever well it is? we um we're just starting doing like live lessons next week oh, really? so I've, done them, I've done them with my sixth form so the last two weeks because I, I wasn't teaching last year so I didn't get the whole like the whole experience of it last year as well so I've just kind of got it this is my first um I don't know what the word is my first experience of it um is these last two weeks so for my sixth form I think it's actually been really good because it's quite a small class and there's only 10 of them so I almost feel like they've had more attention from me um, because I've not been in school, so I've been able to help them more. But then, I don't know. I think it, it really depends on the kid, the, the, own, the child's motivation as to how it'll work for them and, and like their arrangements, what their home life's like, like if they've got a space that is conducive to work in. Um, so I think it does, there is negatives in a sense that it could like widen an education gap. Um, but I think there is the opportunity for it to be really good for some kids as well. Um, like the quality of teaching could almost be better because it's like I don't have to deal with behaviour. Um, so I can teach to my best ability, but it just depends like whether they can engage with it. Um, and obviously the social aspect as well of not being in school. I don't like that. The idea of sitting in front of a computer all day when they would be in school doing the same lessons. Because um, it's just not, you don't have the social interaction. And I think it's quite heavy to stare at a computer all day. Yeah, I can imagine that because I could imagine they also do a bit of online like learning, like the the tasks that they set or the uh, the, the set of questions that they're set is through the computer. They log on, they fill them in, maybe they send them to you or whatever. It must be quite difficult to try and like conduct a lesson, get mm. them to answer, but you can't see their answers because you can't you can't really mark it like a bit of paper. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I have been marking the work, but it it takes ages because I'm trying to mark it on a PDF and I'm like drawing <laughs> on the computer. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't think it's all bad, and I think we've just got to kind of roll with it for now and just make the most of it. Um. Yeah, it's just the situation we're in, so you just have to make the best you can out of it. Um. But yeah, it would be good if we were back in school. I think that would be good when that happens. Yeah, I was going to ask how you find, you know, the the correlation between being able to go surfing and 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 teaching, and how you how you kind of fit all that in together. Yeah, I mean, in basically, when I when I've qualified as a teacher, that's why I didn't. So I qualified like two years ago. And I didn't go straight into teaching because I just wanted to surf more. Um, and my my training year, my school was like forty minutes from the from the beach. So, like, literally November through to January, it like start of November till the end of January was just like not feasible to surf. Like after school or before school like as soon I think in November I still did like sometimes I'd get to the beach and I'd have literally 20 minutes the sun's already gone down and I'm just surfing in the dark um during that time that was when I would like on the weekend if it was flat up here that's when I would like drive down to Cornwall on a on a Friday night after school and then drive back on a Sunday afternoon did that quite a lot or drive up to Scotland that's a good thing because it's like seven hours south or seven hours north and then you know got here so I do that on the weekend 
Um, but yeah, it was just, I really hated not being able to surf that much through the winter. Um, so I took, I didn't teach for a year and then I traveled a bit and just surfed and started teaching surfing as well. Um, but this, yeah, that it was when I saw the, the job advert for the school that I'm at, I was like, oh my God, I literally just want to teach at that school. Like, cause it's, it's, it's a really cool school and it's like the emphasis is on like positivity and like the the whole child being you know happy like it's not super um like obviously results are the outcome but it's not super results driven and it's not super like high pressure in that way like it's just a really nice environment but it's also 10 minutes 10 minute drive to the beach so before we broke up like literally the shortest days of the year if the surf was good I could literally leave at like 3 30 get to the beach and surf half an hour or like 20 minutes and on the shortest day but like I'm still getting in every day or whenever it, there is surf so that's good and then I just surf every weekend unless it's flat and then I'd just find something else to do just go paddling mm. Not really into paddling. <laughs> no. I'm not either. No. I, I, I got a paddleboard that I got maybe three or four years ago, and I, I give that a go every now and again. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I got a paddleboard too, like two summers ago. Um, yeah, never, never use it. It was such a waste of money. Like, no offense to paddleboarders or anything, because I've got loads of friends who paddleboard and paddleboard surf and stuff. I just find it really boring. The, the surfing side of it's not too bad. I, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've took it to Saunton a few times and and surfed it in you know some quite big stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't think that would be boring. I I just don't. I think it's really difficult paddleboard surfing. Like I've tried it. I don't. I feel like that takes immense coordination to have to deal with a paddle as well. Yeah, I, the, the thing that I find a bit restrictive with it is one, like you say, the paddle, but then also the, I mean, because I've got a 9.8 uh, paddleboard, it's quite thick as well, it's nearly four inches thick, so it's it's really wide and really thick, so standing up on it is, is pretty easy, it's, it's not particularly difficult, but mm -hmm. it's when you're trying to manoeuvre it a little bit, because it's a 9.6 and it's like a barge, basically, it's you, you really have to like sit on the on the back fin to turn it you can't mm -hmm. really do what you may be able to do with the longboard is where you could trim it a little bit um and then you know if you do get stuck in the middle of the beach where there's quite a bit of white water come through you're going to get nailed quite a bit <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine I've what do the uh what do the kids think of you being a teacher and a surfer as well um i think they think it's quite funny sometimes like I don't know the hmm what do they think I, I have no idea what they think some of them probably don't care most of them probably don't care um some let's of them put, let's put a switch reverse into it what would you think of your teacher when you were at school if they were a surfer well there actually was a teacher who was a surfer at school and we all did think that he was like the coolest teacher ever <laughs> um, yeah no and I remember like a couple of my guy best friends fangirled over this this male teacher so much that like thought he was the coolest thing in the world. I thought he was kind of cool. I wasn't too bothered, but yeah. Um, no, I think some of them do think it's quite cool. Like there's especially, well, my head of department, so the head of maths, his daughter doesn't go to our school, but she's got into surfing. Um, so she was really like, excited when when he told her that they hired me and um the she has a couple of friends who go to the school who also surf and I don't teach them but they'll if I walk past they're like oh Miss Grimes and they'll just want to have a chat to me about surfing or yeah and I'd quite happily chat to them about surfing but then I'd like ruin my lesson and not get done <laughs> what needs to be done but it no it is cool and then um one of the one of basically one of the kids was like a little just not doing as well as he could do in my lessons and uh, another teacher told him he's like because he's really sporty um so another teacher was like you know miss miss surfs like why do you not like her like 
you should get on. It, like the, he doesn't surf or anything, but he just thought he thought it was he'd think it was cool. And then at the next lesson I had them, they were like, Miss, do you surf? And then they liked me a bit more. So I think it does it does help. Um, and they see my boards on my car, and they'll be like, Miss, have you been surfing this morning? Um, well, pulling yeah. pulling uh, salt out of the inside of your eyes and your ears and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I quite like it though because I, I feel like I'd like to I'd like to encourage them to get outdoors more, and they I think it's cool for them if I come in and I've been surfing at like seven a.m. and then I rock up at school and they're like so shocked that that is humanly possible to do, and I just think it's nice to kind of have that passion for something outside of school and for them to see that I have that and hopefully that could get them to kind of you know inspire them to 100% I think what you should do at your school is you should recreate have you seen that black and white photo of the American yeah, teacher yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, one plus one equals tubes <laughs> yeah yeah um I love it but really lame but I did recreate it not in oh, school no. but yeah no, no because um the guy you've who got to send me that photo no no come on you um, got to send me no, it the guy who runs the surf school okay well, the water sports company who I, I teach surfing with wanted like pictures of what we're doing now and, and he wanted a picture of me teaching and I don't have any pictures of me teaching so I just set that up and uh, recreated that picture but Nope, I'm not going to give it to you because it's going to be a person. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It's a cool picture, though. I bet it is. Uh, not so, the one of me, the original. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I reckon both of them would, uh, would be equal. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, How did you get into uh, surf coaching then? Um, that was just kind of natural progression, I guess. Um, basically every every vocation I've ever done has been teaching like I just like teaching um so I taught horse riding first and then I taught maths and then I got my surf coaching um it it was just this kind of saw an opportunity because I knew that um Kev who runs the K adventure sports where I work in summer um wanted to start doing surf lessons and they didn't have a surf coach so then and it's in Northumberland so like it's not like in Cornwall there's a pool of surf coaches and there wasn't a surf coach um so I just decided to get my surf coach in so I could start doing that with um Kev and it went really well so I started that two summers ago and then like last summer was the first full summer we did um and it was it was really 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 good and really busy um which I'm sure was the same down there just with like lockdown and everyone holidaying at home like yeah it was good how'd you find teaching surfing because you know I, I used to um teach surfing probably for about 10 years Did um, you? In, in in the military and out of the military uh, uh -huh. moonlighting let's call it <laughs> hmm. and uh I I really did enjoy it it, it, it was really good but um, I think this is going to be a negative. Yep. Hence the grumpy surfer. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I start with the positive and then with the negative. Go on then. What's the negative? I, I kind of got a little bit, not bored. I kind of lost the drive of it a little bit because mm. you, you were teaching the same thing over and over again. You know, you took mm. teaching, this is the board, this is the deck, this is the rails, this is the nose. This is how you pop up into the water. Yeah, you kind yeah. of, got into the process of doing the, saying the same thing over and over again a little bit and just after a little bit of time it just kind of grated on me and I think I just I, I just lost my not my passion for it I mm. really enjoyed seeing people get up I think it was like you know when you know when you can just hear yourself pressing record on the tape player and saying the same thing over and over again it kind yeah, of yeah. went that, that way a little bit I know what you mean. Um, so I think, like, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I think the reason that that didn't happen so much, like, I didn't get the same feeling as we had, like, a quite a cool little, like, community of kids who would, um, 
who started just coming for lessons and then they'd like keep coming and they'd really progress um and it was quite nice because we got to the point where like we weren't just doing that introductory lesson every time like we had a lot of people coming back who were who were taken out back and like so the lessons weren't necessarily the same every time because I, I do agree like if you're doing that that same introductory lesson every time it could get a little bit like soul destroying um just a little bit boring um but we did we had we had like good variety because uh we were running like kids clubs every day and would get like the same kids coming back and then we had some adults who were like you know keep coming back and trying to progress and then my luckily my boyfriend is a very good surf coach who's like level two trained so he's he's like got a lot of experience so he taught me a lot as well like taught me a lot about teaching and like how to teach it well um, and just little notes and little things and um, adapting your lessons so that they're not the same. So maybe after 10 years, it would <laughs> it would start to drag. But I don't know. I think if you keep it interesting and then keep like trying to be creative, if you've got that, if you've got the ability to do like that, like if you've got the scope, like for, for, for example, with Kev, like he's really supportive for me to kind of try whatever I want to try and like you know set up a new club or do a stupid warm-up or just play games with them teach the kids lifeguarding like I wasn't just doing the same thing um I think he's just hit the nail on the head a little bit because uh, I think uh, my part of what my problem was uh, I was dipping in and out of things all the time mm -hmm. all the people that I was teaching with um the instructors they were different every single time yeah yeah and and you've probably seen from especially during the summer every single time you take a lesson if it's not a kids club it's just different people mm -hmm. so i i never really saw the progression in people now i think if i had been a little bit more like permanently based let's use croyd as an example yeah you know and i and i was part of the kids club or you know the groms club or whatever Mm -hmm. and you saw that progression of what you're telling them to do I, I think that would probably keep it going a little bit yeah and it's like the old classic 90s cliche isn't it those who can teach mm -hmm. wait is it is, is that what it is those who I think I it was you're probably what? gonna tell me I'm wrong <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna google it after this it's probably gonna be wrong I'm sure it's like those who can't <laughs> teach, isn't that the thing? No, no, um, no. When I did my teacher training, they they said like there was this like jokey thing, those who those who, yeah, it's like those who can't do teach. That's the first thing that <laughs> that, that comes up. So basically, um, oh, I've lost you now. I've just googled those who can't do and no, those who ca. That was all I put in. And then the first one was can't do teach. So those who can't do teach, Google that, says it. I think that's wrong. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't ride. I can't surf. I can't do maths. Just happened to teach them. Sounds an absolute fair point. I'm going to take this com <laughs> conversation in a completely different direction now. Okay. What is the surf scene like in the, in the northeast? Because if I go past Bristol, I get a nosebleed, so... What? What is? I don't get it. What do you mean? It's too high in the country. I get a nosebleed because it's too far north. Oh right, okay. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get. It. <laughs> I thought you meant like someone was. If you went to Bristol, people would punch you. Like you might no, get. Punched. I was going to do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Um. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. What's the scene like in Newcastle? Uh, it is. It's getting very busy since lockdown like the beach at time off is heaving um but it's generally there's like a there's a good group that you see you see the same people everywhere at different spots um i am not one to kind of surf just one beach i like to go i've got like a two hour radius of the coastline where i'll just kind of go 
and you it's it's cool because you will see the same faces like two hours north two hours south because there's like and there's people who live in live down saltburn way who will like come up for the same swells that we'll go up for stay down for the same swells that we'll go down for um and that that's quite cool um in a sense because you just see the same people but you you don't know them outside of surfing but there is a really good like community and um, and you see the same faces all the time because it's not like too busy that everyone becomes faceless nice in that sense that it is still small so that you can kind of have that connection with people even if you don't speak to them but you're just like oh yeah there's that guy i saw him at that spot the other week uh yeah he's all right um there's there's a few people coming from other countries at the minute like i've seen a few more like south africans and aussies around like ripping um, and <laughs> putting us all to shame but yeah um no there's a there's a good scene there's kids getting into it um as i say time mouse like the beach where people go when they're just kind of learning um generally is really really busy at the minute so um that should be cool because there's there'll be like more kids um and there's some rippers some like really young kids who just go in the middle of winter which is so cool because it's freezing and they're just yeah I say about like coincidences and stuff. I I think the last like month or so, I've seen so many photos and and edits coming from the northeast. You know, some decent swells coming through, and I didn't realise how many different types of reef break that they're up there as well. And I was I was really quite shocked, if I'm perfectly honest. I don't know why I was shocked, but <laughs> I was just like that. No, this 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 can't be it. Do, do you know what like i don't think i've even sold it well enough like the the northeast surf scene is awesome like it's so cool i especially love seeing so my uncle as i, I mentioned earlier that my uncle has surfed since he was 15 he started surfing um like he surfed on and off um but when i f first came back from australia so i've been back for what like three or four years now he he doesn't he didn't surf that much but just after new year basically he made this new year's resolution that this year he's going to get barreled because he's he's in his 50s he surfed since he was 15 and he's never got barreled um yeah so he's just made this like he surfs longboards a lot and i don't think he's particularly tried to get barreled um so he's made it his goal this year to get barreled so he has actually been out loads more like since new year so i've i've surfed with them like four or five times in the last week or week or two which has been really cool but i didn't realize how many people who i knew from surfing and they're all like oh angus like that everyone knows him and like yeah it's just cool so all the all the old boys know each other and they know everyone else and everyone just knows everyone um and everyone doesn't realize that someone's your uncle or whatever but <laughs> there's like weird connections everywhere it's good like that to have a close, almost like a close knit community where, where you can go to these different places and breaks. I mean, uh, do, do you have? <laughs> it's gonna sound really cheesy. Do you have like a, a WhatsApp group going where you kind of go, ah, oh, you know, we might be going here? Or I, I remember I spoke to somebody a while ago about this, and like, do you know what? <laughs> I want to go to a place and there's no one there. I mean, I'm like that myself. I'll get up like like you. I'll get up before before it's light and i'll go down to a spot and there'll be no one there and i'll be out there and then 30, 30 minutes into like the sun coming up it just gets absolutely swarmed yeah yeah i mean i like surfing on my own as well but like i prefer surfing with like two or three people i think it just makes it a bit more fun than surfing completely on your own uh, yes there is a whatsapp group and it is called um shred alert Oh, that sounds amazing. I am a part of, which is, I really, really love it. I just, I just randomly got added, like, with, and I don't know that many people in it. There's maybe like 15, 15 dudes in it. And they're all like, I don't know, they're all like older than me, <laughs> like 10, 15 years older than me. And they just chat so much shit. And as well it's generally as what groups do these days it might be a surfing group but they'll talk about anything other than that i know i feel like i've got like an insight into um 
generally men's only WhatsApp group and it's they're just weird. <laughs> like they're really strange. Um but the dude will like, you know, oh who's going here today? But generally we don't even surf together. Like they just talk about surfing and post pictures of where they've been after they've been. Um yeah, no, it is it, it is funny here because like there are spots, like there's definitely secret spots where you just you just I wouldn't tell Shred Alert. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh I'm here. I I don't tend to tell Shred Alert where I am most of the time. But you know, I will generally go surfing with like one or two others. I don't like going somewhere with like ten people because you know it's gonna be busy. But no, it is cool to be a part of and just to kind of see where I was working and where I missed out on and see all the banter. How do you see the surf scene for women in the UK and the northeast or and I know you said you've been down to the um to North Devon. Yeah, quite, yeah. Quite a lot. What's your perspective on on the women's surf scene within the UK at the moment? Um I mean, I think it's in the UK, I think it's really accessible in terms of like accessing the sport as a beginner. Like I don't feel like there's any disparity at all. The northeast community is really really positive towards women at the minute. Like I can't talk for any time when I've not been here in the community. So I I don't know if it's always been like that, but I've always felt really encouraged like when I first came back and I wasn't as good or as confident and I'm not saying I'm brilliant now, but I'm like, you know, you find on your feet at certain spots. Like I'd always find that the guys were almost like even more encouraging. This where I was surfing tonight, there was a girl who surfs in Tynemouth as well, and she hadn't surfed the spot before, and she was a bit nervous. Like, and she she had said said to me she was a bit nervous before we went out. So we paddled out together. And I was like, I haven't surfed here either. I was gonna like paddle out at the other end of the beach where we probably shouldn't have paddled out because it was I, I didn't know, but the the sweep was going that way. So we ended up following one of the the guys out and. Um, generally I find it really supportive I don't know about Cornwall as much because I haven't spent as much time there yeah it's hard to put my own like because every experience that I have isn't necessarily because I'm female so like you know if I've had a bad surf or if if someone's been a bit of an arse in the water then you can't say whether that's because it's because I'm a woman or not like I, I don't think you can Here's a question for you. I was reading an article the other day. Um, look, I, I'm one of these people that I really enjoy watching, especially the WSL, the pros. I really enjoy watching women surfing because I find it's, there is a lot of power in it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of power surfing in it. There are, you know, Chris and Moore, you've got your Tyler Wrights, you've got some really, really good, you know, surfers. But I find the technical aspect when you watch women surfing, mm-hmm. it is a lot more is a lot more prominent um and when i was reading this article it might have been a podcast i was listening to they were talking about the disparity between when males and females are at school when they finish and then they go off and you know go and do their careers or whatever the guys generally will stick to like playing football until like they're i don't know 50 60 years old where mm-hmm. I don't know, women kind of tether out of that and then go towards like their careers or Mm. families or whatever it is. How do you see that sort of like aspect of it? Because I didn't really think of it that way. And then it would have to be like an individual's prerogative then to kind of go, well, do you know what? I want to go surfing or any sport, really. I want to go and do gymnastics or ballet or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's not something I've really thought about. I just feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm just thinking about myself and being too selfish. But but surfing is kind of a selfish sport anyway, isn't it? And I think it's one of those things as well is that you need to try lots and lots of different things. I mean, this day and age, we're talking about this COVID period where everyone's at home. They're not allowed to do a lot of things. The outdoors is is there to provide you with some entertainment. And if you don't try lots of outdoor activities, maybe like it's walking, maybe it's surfing, maybe it's climbing, you know, windsurfing or or some, even paddleboarding. Unless you try those, regardless of what gender you are or how old you are, you might find something that you super enjoy or you might not, but at least you've tried it. I mean, no, I I think in, in terms of the article, like I could imagine that being the case and I, I hope that things are changing at schools now when kids are younger 
like in terms of that disparity between men doing sport when they're older versus women like I'd like to think that there's kind of equal of like equal encouragement to to both in school and that's what I see in school now that like I don't necessarily want to encourage girls to like get into sports more but like there's just you you know just being a woman you're naturally going to be more of a role model to girls which is really cool and I do naturally just kind of want to push them like oh just go and like try this sport or just get outside and do this or you know like just get them to kind of develop a passion for something outside of like just the stuff that they have to do which I think we need to encourage kids to do because I think if they're not encouraged to like develop a passion they're not gonna necessarily have those like hobbies when they get older or see the benefit of that and so I do think that's something you have to instill when 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 you're young I think giving them the opportunity to do that, though, you know, like I was saying, um, yeah, a couple of minutes ago, is about giving that opportunity to try lots of different things, and they can have say, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, my, you know, my, my example for me is really my is my daughter. She's tried lots of different things: basketball, netball, football, rugby, and now, which I'm really happy about because you can see I'm happy about it. <laughs> she 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 loves doing jujitsu. You know, it's one of my one of my passions as well. My little boy, he's, he's three and he's going, oh, I want to go surfing with you. I think the last time I took him out last summer, um, I, I took him out of the, the inflatable SUP and it was like two foot. <laughs> he fell off and went under the water. And for about two months, he was like that. I went under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool getting little kids in the sea. Like, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think I think that's probably... I think a lot of it, if you've had, you luck, like your kids are lucky because you like encourage that. And I think that's what we need to like try and do. Um, and, you know, not all kids are necessarily encouraged to do sports or, or try different activities or they don't have the means to do it, which is, I think, where schools kind of, and that's sort of, well, one of the, one of the downsides to everything that's going on at the minute is that then they're also not getting that encouragement from schools where they'd normally be doing PE and then there'd be like, you know, the extracurricular stuff. And if COVID wasn't a thing, I would 100% have a surf club at school and well, you know, like um, health and safety permitting and all that. Um, but it's something I would really want to do, but we can't do that at the minute, which I I do feel bad for the kids that they're like stuck inside and then you know unless there's someone at home like pushing for them to to get outdoors or to try these things like they're kind of that's what I feel like they're missing out on most with the lockdown I'm gonna change this a completely different way again now <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your prowess in uh in bigger waves I've seen quite a few photos of you on your on your longboard you know some double red stuff you know how how you, how you find charging that um, you know how I said before, I was like pig-headed when I started learning to surf. Just really determined. Determined would be the positive word. I, as I got better, I would always look at like one person. And I remember when I, I remember when I was really rubbish, and I was just learning, watching a guy going backwards and forwards in the white water in in Australia and standing up every time. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, all I want to be able to do is that. Like, so all I want to be able to do and I'll be happy. And then I feel like that just kept progressing. And then I'd be able to do that, but I wouldn't realise that I could do that yet. And then I'd be looking at the next person. I was like, why can't I do that? I just want to be able to do that. Then I guess I started looking at waves rather than people. And I was like, but if but I, that person can surf that wave, I want to surf that wave. <laughs> and I don't know. I think when I came back from Australia, I was worried that I wasn't going to get a surf as much. And... To be honest, I wasn't that good when I came back from Australia. Like, I would paddle out over there in stuff that I shouldn't have paddled out in, just which, you know, it gives you experience, but then it's also stupid. Um, but then how do you get better if you don't, you know, keep going out in stuff that challenges you? And I think I just kept going out and I'd get that little bit better in that in those conditions. And then I'd like, it would be a bit bigger and I'd just be like, oh, I can do it. Like, but then I'd watch on YouTube, like because I was doing it on longboards and surfing ways that like loads of people surf on shortboards. I would just you. I remember when I first started surfing like 
reefs and I went up to Thurso. I was just Googling like Ben Skinner at Thurso just to see someone surf it on longboard. I was like, right, it's doable. And then I'm like, I'm comparing, I'm saying, no, Ben Skinner can do it, I can do it. I'm like, looking back, like that's not a thing that, that I should say just because he can do it, I can do it on longboard. But that's what started getting me out. And then I just, you know, you you get a couple of good waves and you're just like, yeah, I can do it. And then you just keep going. And then you see photos and you're like, that's me. I can I can definitely do it. And then it gets bigger the next time and you're still like, but I just, I don't know, before I think about it, I just paddle out and just kind of see what happens. And then I don't really think about it. I just, <laughs> yeah, just do it. I think longboarding definitely gets overlooked as a type of board. Mm. Um, I, I think it has almost a, a negative outlook on it too. I mean, I, le- I learned to surf on a longboard uh-huh. and I enjoy surfing longboards far more than I do shortboards. Mm-hmm. Same. But I enjoy the speed of a shortboard. I enjoy being able to turn on a coin and, you know, I've got, I've got lots of different boards I, I just enjoy being able to get the get the wave count in and I, and I enjoy, I'm going to use inverted commas, cross-stepping and nose-riding <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. Um, but I almost feel like I use a longboard really as, as a smaller wave board, like, you know, mm-hmm. waist to shoulder high, probably smaller than that. And then if it gets bigger, I'll get my short boards out. But I was trying to think the other day why I've, you know why I would do that, and why don't they take a a longboard with me? And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I've surfed a lot of really decent breaks around here, and do you know yeah. what? I've I've got a um I've got a nice longboard nose rider on the way in March that I'm like, do you know what? I'm just going to do more of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it it's not even so much size; it's the type of wave that you surf in. But then also like one longboard is so different to another one so like the the log I have at the minute is not really great in big bigger waves or like or like steeper heavier waves because it's just it's it is quite slow but then have had and, and that's what it's made to do like it's made for smaller waves but I've had longboards in the past that I've surfed like nine footers that I'll surf and double overhead um and they you know they just you know you're going to make the wave like that without generating your own speed it's almost easier because they go faster than if you're just on a short board and you're not generating the speed so it's like I could kind of surf those waves and just kind of go with it and not rely on my skills so much and still be able to make them so I think it's almost easier and on some waves to surf a longboard I mean there are waves that where people are like why are you surfing this on a longboard but like well, I'm making the waves, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, you get in a bit earlier, and then I don't know. I just like big boards. I feel like they go faster without me having to do that much. So <laughs> I feel you. I feel you hundred yeah. percent. Maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. I just love them. I hate short boards. Like I, I used to ride a shortboard when in Australia and then I actually did the opposite. I started smaller and then I got bigger, like bigger with my boards. Um, yeah. And I, I've got like shorter boards and I can still turn them. So mid lengths. Not doing anything. Yeah. Mid lengths. <laughs> not doing anything super radical. Yeah. But I can still have radical waves. So although I'm not doing anything particularly epic, still feels good. So that's that's the main thing, isn't it? That's what it's all about, if it feels good. Where do you see your surfing going and where do you see travelling in the future is going to take you? Basically, I want to surf really solid waves every day, like just pump and surf every day. And that that would be the dream. Like I quite enjoy holidays and not working. Like, you know, you know, those holidays where you go abroad. I haven't done any for a while because of COVID, but I don't know if you remember what they're like, but oh my God, they're amazing. That you just, you just bum around and you surf whenever you want. And then you're not, you're not as obsessed or as mental about surfing because you can just go when you want to go and you don't have to be as like driven to make it happen. I feel like that's almost the problem here is that it's, 
so inconsistent that when it's good you have to be like a maniac like you just have to take everything off and make it happen whereas I love going away when it's when it's like good every day like I went last year I went to Indonesia um and I did another trip in New Zealand New Zealand was like the best place I've ever been I loved it so much where did you surf there I just I drove around the North Island so I just went for five weeks and um I bought a car the day I got there and sold it the day I left which was really really good so um I didn't spend that much money which was amazing um and I just went around the North Island where it was good so um obviously I surfed Raglan I went up to like the far north where there's some really good points there's um, a there's a there's a film that I think you really might like mm-hmm. um, have you seen a um it's a needs needs essential uh film so you know the brand uh, needs the essential. Martin one. yeah have you seen yeah, that yeah yeah I have seen that it's pretty oh, cool God. I've I must have watched that about 10 times and yeah I think Tara Martin's my new man crush I think oh I totally <laughs> feel you on that like yeah and his surfing is he, I don't know yeah his surfing is unreal um I love love his surfing and it suits the waves in New Zealand and the waves in New Zealand are just amazing um so I definitely see myself moving to New Zealand because it yeah it's just amazing and it's quiet and no anyway i need to stop talking about how good it is <laughs> otherwise it won't be quiet it's not that good yeah you'll, you'll finish this and you'll just curl up in the ball and start crying <laughs> don't honestly don't go to new zealand it's the worst place in the world i tell you this the, that little story it was absolutely heartbreaking for me last year so you know when the first the first lockdown kicked in uh-huh. i think it i think i know it it was the seven, 17th of march 17th of march and that was on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And the following Monday, I was supposed to go to Morocco for two weeks. Oh, no. And, it was, and, the, and the swell forecast was absolutely pumping. And I was watching Magic Seaweed and I was watching Anchor Point. And then when they said that, I was like, oh. That's and so it, devastating. Oh, I, I was... I was so gutted. I was the unhappiest person for about two months after that. Yeah, I can imagine. I was so lucky because I just got back from New Zealand when everything kicked off, but like, kind of wish that I had just got stuck there <laughs> and not come back. But, um, well, you no, seen I- that there's a few articles that were out and maybe two or three months in, um, that were up online, like the inertia and a few other like online. Uh, magazines and there were people that were stuck out in the middle of like the mentawis that couldn't get back mm. and they were just there on their own surfing these empty lineups and yeah. I was like that why can't that happen to me and, um, <laughs> that would be mental but instead you know it's pumped one day out of out of seven twelve I don't know how how many days since the last good swell and it wasn't even that good but you've just got to make the most of it, haven't you? And then as soon as it's over, go and get all the waves. <laughs> all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. What I'd like to do is just uh, finish this up, if that's all right with you, Emily. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do a quick fire round with you. A quick fire? Oh, my goodness. I'm not good at quick fire. So every single time I have said quick fire when I've done this, and I've done it a lot, is it always ends up being about 10 or 15 minutes anyway, so it's not really a quick fire round. Okay. <laughs> okay, so if you could surf one fin set up on a surfboard for the rest of your life, would it be single fin, twin fin, thruster, bonza, quad, or mm. finless, or as someone put to me yesterday, two plus one? So it's two, two plus one's an option. So two plus it, one's that, an option. That's a cop out though. Yeah, so that, well, that's what I thought, but oops, there. Does that mean I can have it as a single fin or as with side bites in? Yes, if you if you would like. Yeah, to. so that's two different that's two different setups. So so I'd easily go for the two plus one. Okay, well, let's take that out of the option, and I'll rephrase it again. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's fine. So not if I can't have two plus one, all I surf at the minute is single fins. I like the idea that I could surf a thruster as well because there are times when I would like a thruster and where I have enjoyed a thruster so I wouldn't 
want to just surf single fins but if i had to choose one i'd say single fins because that's all i really surf at the minute so favorite surfer and why m-o-n-i-z yeah kalian moniz the uh hawaiian surfer hawaiian yeah 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 she's like she's pretty cool she like surfed until she was i don't know how many weeks as the whole pregnancy but like she basically oh yeah no i know who you mean now yeah yeah and she also surfed chopes um like massive massive chopes without a leash on a on a log on a single fin log um and she got absolutely nailed but it's epic an epic video so yeah i think she's really cool the last surfing film you watched oh we watched chasing mavericks the other night the first surf film you ever watched definitely point break best film dream surf trip so we are planning a surf trip down the west coast of africa in a four-wheel drive and i really hope that happens that would be pretty dreamy and i hope that i don't like get eaten by a shark if that doesn't happen you're gonna get yourself down to skeleton bay are you um i don't know that i want to surf that um (laughs) but that way (laughs) hmm Emily Grimes, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that's it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider and also follow The Grumpy Surfer on Instagram. Thanks for listening.